This week on the O The Anthem podcast, in sports ball, the Astros cheating scandal fallout, Cora fired, Beltron fired, a whole bunch of people the Astros fired. We also have a Super Bowl preview going, or a Super Bowl matchup finally set. Uh, in for your consideration, the Academy Award nominations. And are we about to see the sale of MGM? In national news, impeachment. Uh, the letters have been sent to the Senate, so now the trial begins, but not before Lev Parnas throws out bombs on Maddow. Uh, and finally, in the Baltimore corner, we have the first mayor's poll. Who's at the top? Who's at the bottom? We're going to discuss the whole thing coming up right now on this action-packed show. You don't want to miss a beat. We have so much to get to. We don't have time to wait. This is Corey, and this is the other end of the podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Rob. Welcome to episode 302 of the O The Anthem podcast. Coming to you from the hashtag OTALA Studios, high by the one freeway in downtown Los Angeles, California. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for listening on your podcatcher of choice. The easiest way, go to anchor.fm forward slash O The Anthem. Find the podcatcher you like, whether it's Apple, whether it's Google, whether it's Stitcher, whether it's whatever. Click on it, and then it'll take you to that page right away where you can hit subscribe, and you can listen to all the podcast episodes you wish. It's so easy. I don't know. Everything should have an anchor.fm forward slash O The Anthem. That's all I'm saying. Absolutely. And, of course, you can find more O The Anthem at O The Anthem on Twitter and Instagram. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash O The Anthem. You can find producer Carly, who's watching us right now, at Carly.crz on Instagram. Uh, find all the, o the Anthem videos at youtube.com forward slash O The Anthem. And of course, everything O The Anthem is available at O The Anthem.com, the brand new O The Anthem.com. Indeed. And yes. uh, uh, for anyone who might have gone to O The Anthem.com right on Tuesday to see the actual new post, yep, yep. Uh, Corey was on set. So <laughs> it got delayed a little bit, Things but it's up there right now. It's up there right now. Yeah. So enjoy it. Yeah. So it's uh, been a busy week. Yes. Uh, Corey has worked about, uh, I don't know, what, like uh, 70 hours this week? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, a lot of hours, a lot of hours this week. But uh, new episode was up anyway. Mm -hmm. What do you guys want? And by the way, uh, I just realized that in the uh, my little intro moment there, yeah. my watch, my brand new uh, watch buzzed. And I think what's happening is that much like having a cell phone for the first time, whenever it goes off, my brain just shuts down. And I'm just like, uh, what's that? <laughs> and then it stops. I'm like, oh, the watch, right? Okay, keep going. Keep talking. That's what we have to do. Yeah, my hair looks really dark today on the on the podcast. Yeah, I feel like uh, I think it's uh, we're we're trying we're experimenting with some new devices here yeah. to uh, uh, try and liven up the show a little bit. I think it looks nice. I look oily as hell though. <laughs> All right, yeah. <laughs> Should have dabbed yourself a napkin. It's before been we a got long, started. been a long day. Yeah. Uh, we've been out. It's been a long weekend, really. Yeah. Uh, and oh, back got, to work tomorrow. We yeah. got more fun tonight, so yeah. we gotta we gotta uh, do this in a timely amount of. Uh, uh, timely manner. Yeah, uh, yeah. we were, we're going to check in on the fun tonight next week. So make sure you join us next week for that. But in this week, uh, the first thing, of course, that we have to talk about is sports ball. Mm -hmm. 
That didn't play through though. So it didn't. No. So we'll have to uh, fix Aww. that for next time. Oh, wow. Well, uh, people missed out on the music. Oh, that sucks. Okay. And now they, people are missing now out on the music. There we are. Okay. Well. <laughs> Gremlins. So I saw that. Uh, I saw that it was maxed out, and I tried to lower it. Didn't any of it come through? No. It's okay. All right. I think it's because we didn't set it for the monitor. Through. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, new setup. It's one so. of the ones we missed. Yeah. Anywho, um, so uh, uh, in an almost unbelievable turn of events, <laughs> uh, Major League Baseball is getting more attention than the NFL in the week that we decide who goes to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that, very so, strange. <laughs> very strange. Uh, but that's because, uh, much like any time Major League Baseball breaks through to the front pages, it's because of some sort of cheating scandal mm. or some sort of steroids or juiced ball or whatever <laughs> the case may be. Uh, this time, it's the Houston Astros. Uh, they're cheating, which involved uh, banging on trash cans after watching uh, videos on the monitor of the signs of the catcher in le- real time uh, has come down. The commissioner has released a report about it. And uh, basically, uh, Jeff Lunau and A.J. Hinch, the general manager and manager, were suspended for an entire year and then fired before <laughs> they huh. had a chance to s- start serving that suspension with the Astros. Uh, the Astros were fined $5 million, which is the maximum allowable fine. Under the CBA, yeah. yeah. And uh, they lost their first and second round draft picks, but no players are going to be suspended. Uh, no uh, World Series rings taken away or Damn money it. fined to the players or uh, anything like that. And uh, there's going to be another report that comes out on the Red Sox because they had their own cheating scandal going on in 2018. Um, but the Red Sox got ahead of this one and fired Alex Cora. Hmm. And then before Carlos Beltran even got a chance to manage the New York <laughs> Mets, uh, he <laughs> left his post as well because Car- uh, Beltran as a player and Cora as a bench coach for the Astros were the ones who kind of came up with this whole cheating scheme. Yes. So yeah. that's sort of the story in a nutshell. I was trying to give it to everyone as quick as possible because all this week people were like, what the hell's going on with the Astros and the cheating? And, and uh, I think we Does the Dodgers win the World Series now? And I'm like, no, no, no. 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 <laughs> uh, Nationals still win. And I think that for some teams like who beat the Astros, just to think like you, you overcame that, by the way. You overcame yeah. them reading your signals. Uh, and I got to think that like uh, Kershaw, do you think he feels better about that? About like getting just bashed around late in the game. Well, a lot of players are not happy. Uh, specifically, uh, who was a Indians pitcher? Uh, Clevenger, I think, mm. was uh, recently saying that uh, none of them should feel like they can look us in the eyes. Yeah. And if they do feel like they have the right to look us in the eyes, then they should also be looking out for the thing that'll be traveling <laughs> towards their head when they do so. <laughs> Yeah, so. I mean, because it, it, just using an example that I know best, because we're here in LA and we see it a lot. Uh, you know, Clayton Kershaw had been like Mister Clutch in the playoffs, and then the Astros seemed to take him apart. Yeah, I think in three appearances, his starting appearance, and then two relief appearances. So here's here's the interesting. Uh, uh, some of this is like uh, when steroids were happening, there was a discussion of how much is this really affecting the performance on the field. Yeah, uh, people would come out of nowhere and all of a sudden hit fifty home runs. But does that mean that your ball that, you know, like uh, Brady Anderson went for, went to, for 50 home runs one Wait, year? Brady Anderson was using steroids? <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just That's putting strong. out there as a, putting out there as a, as a possible fact, you know, he goes from hitting 50 doubles to 50 home runs. The, the scrawny is, guy is in 1994. <laughs> is the wall scrapers to home runs the difference? Yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. know, like how much were you really adding? Um, it was kind of undeterminable what was steroids and what was, you know, just world-class athletes yeah yeah um 
But I think that with the asteroids cheating scandal, it's a little bit more obvious because if you look at like home road splits of Astros hitters on the road and Astro hitters at home, yeah, it was dramatic. And uh, specifically, I was I heard somebody go through Kershaw's lines in the World Series that year. Uh, he started his first start was at Dodger Stadium where he pitched like seven innings, gave up like three hits, one run. Yeah. Like classic Kershaw. Then he goes and to then Houston, goes to Houston and it's like four innings with, you know, eight runs and like everything like that. And it's like it it makes so much sense that yeah. there is some foul play involved that is helping here because it can't just be not sleeping in your own bed. You know, it's not like it doesn't feel like it's. You know, maybe he had a bad day too, but like if they were cheating to help getting an advantage, yeah, then that's 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 huge. And I gotta say, I, I remember this one image. I, I think it was on a, the LA Times the next day of him just standing on the mound with like his hands on his hips, looking up at center field, just like, what is going on? Like yeah. I just can't figure it out. And like that to me is the image of the scandal. It's well, like, and the other thing is, uh, there's sort of been a, a little. Uh, uh, intrigue that going on this weekend on Twitter about uh, the possibilities that they've also been cheating by putting little electronic buzzers on their body, uh, similar to those, you know, like how you can shock your abs, mm-hmm. like you can get abs on the couch by shocking yourself. Yeah, they don't work, by the way. They, right. I'm just saying they do the, shock the, the shit out of you, though. Yeah. So. Uh, apparently, Astro players were wearing those on like their uh, chest and on their legs and stuff like that so that they could do the same thing as like, you know, here's an off speed pitch and buzz, buzz, mm-hmm. buzz. And uh uh, the incident that the video that is making the most rounds on it is uh, Altuve hits a walk off home run off of uh, Araldus Chapman and he's circling the bases. And as he gets up to Hornets home plate, he's telling his teammates, don't take off my jersey. <laughs> yeah. Don't take off my don't rip off my jersey. And you can see Araldus's face because mm-hmm. he throws a change up and it gets launched for a home run. And he's like looking at him like. How the fuck did he know I was about to throw this change? Yeah. Like, how did he guess on he that one? He was on top of yeah, how did he, Yeah, how did he know that this was coming? That's the only way he could have squared it up like this, that he, yeah. he picked change up. And why would he, you know? Yeah. So, uh, I, I've i heard a lot of people, too, talking about, like, the uh, why aren't the players getting fined and why aren't the... Uh, and there's a lot of, like, you're going to punish the Cubs by finding somebody who was on the Astros two years ago and is now yeah. on the Cubs. Like that sort of thing. Like, there's no way to like sort of put the genie back in the bottle and suspend certain people and not others. And how does that work? And how do you take money away? And you know, like the whole idea of like an asterisk or taking away a World Series is like, I don't know. I still saw them win it. So I mean, like, there's no taking that away. But I think it's more in the mind of the fan. Now, every time you see Jose Altuve, you're not thinking like, oh, this fun-loving guy who you know, has a high batting average and, you know, a lot of hustle and blah, blah, blah. You think, oh, cheater. Like, it's, yeah. it, it, it becomes something that the players wear from now on. And it's not so much about the, you know, like them being fined or suspended or something. Like, I think this hurts their legacies more than having to give back $400,000 of playoff money or whatever, you know? And, and the other problem is, like, the cheating goes for everybody on the team. But, I mean, even if I'm the guy who's like, hey – don't bang the fucking trash can when I go up there. Yeah. They're still going to bang the trash can. And well, when I hear it and I know it's an off-speed pitch, what do I do? And I mean, like, really, I, I think the the for me, all the faults should really lay with the players. Right. Because it yeah. seemed like uh, Hinch specifically didn't like it, told Cora to stop. They didn't. Uh, he broke the TV a couple times yeah. and they just put up new TVs. Uh, like, it... <laughs> 
I don't know. Like I, I get why he got suspended. He he was kind of the scapegoat for this whole thing because somebody had to had to fall for this whole yeah uh, arrangement. But I I don't know how much I would put on Hinch in this particular situation. And I mean I think Cora and Beltron getting fired are appropriate because they seem to be the ringleaders of the people who sort of came up with the whole scheme. Yeah. So that makes sense, too. And I think we were talking a few uh, weeks ago about a different video, which is still out there making the rounds of the... Um, I can't remember what team it was now. I think it might have been Yankees pitcher who, like, he, you can hear the trash can getting hit in oh, the background. Oh, Farquaad with the White Sox? White Sox. Yeah. And he, like, calls the catcher out, and you see him, like, change the signals up, yeah, and yeah. he goes out and strikes out the side. And, like, right. It's so clear that that's what you're doing. Right, like, right. Yeah, okay, you're, you're done. What are you going to do? And but, I, I, like again, the the road, the uh, what was happening between home road was just absurd. Like I think one of them that I heard was McCann at home had like a plus one thousand OPS, hmm. and his batting average on the road was like point zero eight three. And it's like, like nothing explains why it's so humongously weighted one way. You know, like yeah, and I mean yes, uh, you play half the games at home, half on the road. But you're gonna win fifty four. You're gonna lose fifty four. It's the fifty four in the middle that matter, and. If you can win a vast majority of the ones at home, because yeah. by the way, that 54-54-54 split doesn't happen evenly anywhere. It's, right. You'll pick up on a road trip, you'll pick up, you know, most of the wins on the road trip and then go home and go on a losing streak. Like, but if you can guarantee that like of the, the what, it's not, uh, 81, of the 81 games at home, we're going to win 55 to 60 of those. Yeah. It puts you in a really good position for the, everything else that happens on the field. Right. So, you know. And apparently puts you in the playoffs a couple years in a row. So uh, we'll follow this more. It, it, I'm, I'm kind of glad that last week we didn't record on Monday because we would have started talking about this and then everything would have changed because yeah. it, it, it fell. God, uh, if you're not following uh, baseball news on Twitter sometimes, it's the, it's the only way to enjoy drugs. It's it's the fun, the most fun experience, uh, especially when like the memes start coming out. And then there was uh, Beltron's niece out of nowhere. Oh. Like, whether or not it's Beltron's niece or not, but the fact Doesn't that matter. it, like, stirred the pot nice and good. And like, all the <laughs> lunatics on MLB Twitter mm. were just going nuts. And it's, oh, I love it. The way it hit, though, it almost seemed like a, uh, a Liv Parvis was uh, leaking <laughs> news on Twitter and MLB. Oh, here's a picture of Jose Altuve with Lev Farnes. <laughs> we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, but, of course, one other news story. Uh, there was another sports league that's playing right now something like, happened today right yeah something happened i can't uh oh we figured out who's gonna be in the super bowl oh right yeah. yes of course yes uh so uh for the nfl 100 season we're gonna have a super bowl matchup of the kansas city chiefs and patrick mahomes versus jimmy garoppolo and the san francisco 49ers hmm. uh looks like a fun matchup yeah like it's gonna be a good one and a sentence that you would not have believed had i told you that three years ago Wait, wait. Tom Brady's backup is in San Francisco. Actually, probably three years ago I would have because I think three years ago was when he was oh he was doing really playing well. for yeah, the yeah, yeah. Uh, Patriots. Like that's when he first like okay. broke out a little bit. Four years ago, <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't seen a start in four years. Probably he's just yeah. been sitting on the bench behind Tom Brady. And well, yeah. he was he was like a sixty third overall pick or something like that too. So I mean, well, like it's one of those like you know I imagine yeah. four years ago we would have been saying like who this kid I don't even know where he went to school this quarterback from Alcon El Acorn State is gonna <laughs> yeah but it's and this like okay and uh, a kid in his second year in the league is gonna go up against Tom Brady's backup well second year playing full-time he, he sat yeah, the he, first year yeah. but second year as a starter leading the team yeah 
is going to take the San Francisco 49ers and the Chiefs, who had an 800-game streak going between Super Bowl appearances. Those two teams are going to be in the Super Bowl with those two quarterbacks. I don't know if anybody would have believed it, but... Uh, they also wouldn't believe that the Ravens would be going back with uh, Lamar. But yeah, but I guess uh, people wouldn't have imagined the Ravens would be in the Super Bowl anyway this year. Yes. And, you know, if, if uh, I still have some Ravens fans on the edge, I would like to say this to you. Uh, last year, Patrick Mahomes was the MVP. Mm-hmm. They got really close to, to making it. They looked like the favorite going into the playoffs, and they got eliminated. Um, you know, they got eliminated in the AFC Championship. Which, yeah, still. But yeah. still, you know, like uh, it, it helps. Um, the Ravens are sort of in the similar boat as the Chiefs were last year, and I feel like w- this is more indicative of us being early for our plans than yeah. being uh, unprepared for them when they came. Uh, I know it still hurts, but uh, we could be going to the Super Bowl next year building off of what happened this year, much like the Chiefs did last year. And uh, I will say, I wish that the Titans that showed up this week had showed up last week in Baltimore because th- you know, they didn't look as good this week as they did last week. I'll tell you this, though. Uh, for me, sports in general, I sort of stop following it once my rooting interest is eliminated. Yeah. It, it's so hard. Like, I, I put on the Chiefs game earlier, and I was, like, trying to watch a little bit of it, and I'm just like, I just don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I just don't have the heart to, like, watch it. And then we started watching Aaron Hernandez yeah. instead. So I'm sure the NFL loved that. Which, uh, P.S., watch the Aaron Hernandez documentary because, oh boy, episode one comes at you hard <laughs> and fast. And uh, there, we both, and, and you you uh, brought this up when uh, we were headed over here today. There was a moment where, like, you're not paying attention. And then, like, you're like, oh, wait, wait, what? Back up, back up, back up, back up. Oh, my God, they did say that. Oh, okay. All right, so that's a thing. Okay. Well, that uh, that was the other thing. I, I was uh, I was kind of half in, half out. I was like goofing around on the surface or whatever, and then uh, Roberto like busts out of the wait, room. Wait, don't spoil it though. Don't say what it oh, is. I know, but, okay. I was just gonna right. say like Roberto busts out of the room. He's just like, what did he just say? And I'm just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway, bag it up. Yep. And, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, so that was a thing. We li- uh, I literally was laying in bed and just like kind of like dozing off, and then sat up. I was like, wait, what? What is it? Is <laughs> that? A- oh, Ooh, so it's, that's it- something. Super good. Check yeah. it out. It's very good. Um, but yeah, so we, uh, we have time though for a, a proper Super Bowl preview. We got the Pro Bowl week next week, so I, I say we save that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and move on to for your consideration because we we have much to. Well, first of all, no, I think you needed to like reset the monitor off. All setting. right, yeah. well. It's okay. Next okay. time, I'll fix. I'll fix it in post. It's fine. It's okay. Yeah. So uh, for your consideration, here we are. And uh, let me play the splash for that. That we uh, <laughs> not oh, done that's yet. Right. That's right. <laughs> should I should I call the two actors out of their room and see if they? <laughs> I mean, they are both here today. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, the Academy Awards were nominated or uh, announced this week. Yes. Um, hold on. Let me pull this up. Did Did you have any like immediate uh, thoughts when you saw? I mean, I don't know that I've seen a full list because, again, I get all of my news from Twitter. Well, here, um, let me let me give you the the best picture nominees. Okay. Ready? Uh, the Irishman. Okay. Jojo Rabbit. Joker. Ford vs. Ferrari. Little Women. Marriage Story. 1917. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Parasite. So, so nine out of a potential ten. And I, I mean, I, I don't know if that I have a tenth that I would put in there. I mean, I have a, a lot of them. If we were, had to pick ten, yeah. I could find a tenth one to put in there. But... 
I don't know that there is a tenth one that jumps out at me. That I, got I mean, I think this is a pretty good list. Yeah. I I, w- I was a little surprised that Ford v Ferrari made it. Um, that was I hadn't one, seen that one, but it seemed like it was a little bit out of uh, out of uh, left field, if you will. Um, the most of the conversation seems to be around uh, the lack of diversity and the lack of yeah uh, women in the best director nominations well uh, I, best director by the way scorsese phillips mendez tarantino and bong ju ho uh so you know here's what i'll say though uh as far as the picture goes again i get most of my news from twitter <laughs> and i find it like humorous that there was a lot of discussion about the best pictures and saying like well you know where's the diversity there and just let's go through the list here the irishman is about ni- early 20th century New York? No. White uh, people? Huh? Teamsters? Like They're Teamsters, but it's like Italians in New York in the Northeast. Yeah. And um, it's about Italians and, and like one Irish guy, but a bunch of Italian guys. Yeah. Uh, they're white. Although at that time, they hadn't been white very long. Uh, they, they just started being white. Started um, being accepted in a mixed company. Yeah. Um, Jojo Rabbit. Nazi Germany. Not a lot of people of color around yeah. there. Um. Joker did have a lot of faces of color. In fact, the leading lady in the picture was was a woman of color. Little Women, again, but 16th century, uh, 18th century Britain, not yeah. a lot of people of color. Marriage Story, I haven't seen yet, but I assume that there are some actors. No, I oh. mean like there's there's like uh, secondary and tertiary characters, but not anybody in like the yeah the the top roles are all are all white people. Sure. Uh, Nineteen Seventeen, uh, again. Uh, that I think that there are some people of color. The main actors are white, but it was a uh, it they t- uh, a subject well, of the time. So it, the only person of the acting nominees, and that, that's what I was going to. That's a person yeah. of color. Is Cynthia Erivo uh, for Harriet in the Best Actress nomination? Um, I think that you know. Let me put it this way: I think that uh, there are certainly people who would be deserving of getting in on those nominations. But I still think that people yelling about the Oscar nominations is not the productive way to do it because it's not necessarily about not like uh, uh, fucking us. Um, Lapita. Lapita no, yeah. yeah, she could have been nominated easily in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there's sort of a first of all, I think that that because that movie was released in February or whatever it was like Too really long. hurt like yeah. people remembering <laughs> that it was part of the conversation. Um, but like, it's not, it, it, it's about, you have to hire the actors to play the roles before you can put them in position to get the nominations. You know what I mean? Like it off the top of my head, if I'm, if I'm like looking for women to put into the best director, uh, uh, discussion, right. Greta Gerwig would definitely be like on the bubble. Uh, even though I haven't seen Little Women yet, I've just heard enough about people saying that she was really good in it. And she got skipped Uh, last time for, um, yeah. uh, well, she got nominated that last time, didn't she? And Lady Bird? No, oh, no, I mean, it's just Best Picture. Yeah, she, just, she, she got nominated for Best Picture again. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, I mean, like, it, it, it. I think there, there were three, maybe four, women who could be in the discussion. Uh, with either you know, uh, Greta Gerwig with Little Women, Lorraine Scafaria for Hustlers, mm-hmm. um, Lulu Long for The Farewell, and. Uh, Oh fuck! What was her name for uh, "Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood"? 
Marielle Hemingway. Uh, I can't remember. Anywho, um, they all are, you know, probably on the short list, if you will, of people who probably could have made the bump. Yeah. Um, you know, you, I think anyone can make a reasonable argument that maybe one of these people who was nominated for Best Director could lose their spot to one of the women that I mentioned there. Sure. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, it, it's this is a weird voting body where they're going to try and give awards to people they know. <laughs> it's hard to knock Scorsese or Tarantino or Mendez off this list. Yeah. They're kind of going to go in just because they have a name value above anything else. And and Bong Joon-ho and uh Todd Phillips did something so different right. and like something that broke out so much that it feels like, you know, like Hustlers was good. I didn't hear everybody saying like, "Oh my god, you got to go see Hustlers." Like I did the same for Parasite. Like people were saying like, "Oh my god, Parasite is something different." Like Now, I I will say, did you saw Hustlers? We saw Hustlers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was an amazing movie. Yeah, and I've been hearing a lot of people complain about no nominations for J Lo, no nominations for Constance, no nominations for Best Picture. You know, I, when I, mean, I to be to be honest, I think the only one of those that was really like a shock to me though was J Lo. Yeah, yeah, because I, I thought that she might get a nomination, but I I, I didn't quite feel like uh, Constance Wu did enough no. to deserve a like Best Actress nominee. I think they were I mean, saying us. Like, uh, here's the thing, by the way. The people who say this say J-Lo for leading actress, Constance for supporting. And I'm like, the movie is about Constance's <laughs> character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you not understand when she's on the couch that it's about her? She is the leading person in that movie. But uh, I think, though, the thing that I try to press to those people is, I, and what I always say during the movie reviews. Sup- supporting would have probably been an easier place to get into because I think yeah. Kathy Bates, who made it, would have sort of been on the bubble. Yeah. Like you could definitely see a Kathy Bates out and JLo in kind of situation. But to be if fair, you're looking at best actress, then if you're kicking out, I just it, sort of going off like gold derby, which does like the rankings of how likely somebody is to win. Yeah. Cynthia Revo is at the bottom of the list. So if you're thinking that she is the fifth nominee of the five that are there, then she gets kicked for JLo or something like that. I just don't. But you trade one woman of color for another one of color. Right. I mean, like you're still at the same spot where you have, you know, uh, 20 nominees and one but of cup. And also, I think I think if there were if there were uh, seven nominees of the 20 or something like that, yeah. that were of color, then we would have uh, not have lumped in Banderas as like a person of color. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, like I, even though uh, Spanish white sort of is seen as like white. I still feel like not to all like Spanish Javier Bardem kind yeah. of thing. Like yeah. he's different enough to me that, and I'm not trying to like, <laughs> wait, wait, Jonathan Price isn't Hispanic. No, no. I mean, but he plays, uh, he plays Cardinal Bergoglio. Frankie. <laughs> he yeah. plays a very Hispanic man. Yeah. But again, to people, especially from South America. Well, we also got Scar- Scarlett Johansson, who's known for cultural <laughs> appropriation, getting nominated twice for yeah. both best actress <laughs> and best supporting actress. So, Anyway, that the, that's a little bit of a, a gut punch, I guess, to the movement. But it, hold on r- real quick. Yeah. Th- this is the thing I want to say. Uh, th- I, I understand people's outrage. I would love there to be more nominees from all different kinds of backgrounds, because I think that there's wonderful people doing amazing work all over the place. Uh, the crop of people that I'm working with in the last couple of years since I've moved to Hollywood uh, has been incredibly diverse and diverse everywhere. Uh, directors, DPs, everywhere. I've been seeing women. I've been seeing people of color. And it's everyone's getting involved, and they're all growing. But the crop that I'm in is going to take a couple years before we're at Academy Award level, you know? So 
there's a fight going on to bring elevate people up, but there's still people sort of on top, you know? Mm-hmm. So until like certain names sort of fade out and new ones start to take their place, you're going to get this until there's just a push for like, oh my God, you have to see this incredibly new, talented director. And it doesn't matter whether or not they're a woman or, you know, yeah. whether or not they're black or whatever the case may be. You know, and like the, the argument I kept making for Hustlers is keep in mind, this is being voted on by a vast majority of the voters in the uh, motion picture, or the Association of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences is a white male over the age of 40. And I don't know that Hustlers was really in his, you know, in his uh, his ballpark as far as a movie goes. Like, I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed Hustlers. I just feel like, I, I, you know, there there's a certain there's a certain thing that defines itself in its in one's mind as an Academy Award exactly. nominee. Like we used yeah. to see, like you know, like it, it, the, the the old the old standby was the Slave movie, and we still got that with Harriet here. Where it's just like, if you got a movie about slavery, then you're getting a higher likelihood that you're going to get nominated. Yeah. You make a movie about Hollywood, you're more likely to get nominated. A classic and, book. Yeah. Gets nominated. Right. And I think that uh, something like Hustlers just has to be so much more, it has to feel more important. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it has to feel like it's dripping with that sincerity of you know, like film history and stuff like that to sort of break through sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And it's not like a, detri- you know, like it's uh, sort of like what we talk about with the Fast and the Furious rule. Like there, there, there's a difference between a movie that is enjoyable for as an experience to go see and something that the Academy is going to think is worthy of giving an award to. And, you know, I, I think that uh, much like we sort of talked about the, uh, the uh, Astros players sort of having to, uh, even though they haven't been suspended or fined or anything like that, we live with the infamy of what they've done. I think that you know the discussions about people who get left off, while you know it sucks that they're not a part of the actual Oscar show. I think it helps Greta Gerwig, for instance, in the long term, because people say like, you know, like, oh, we saw that movie; it was really good. She should have been nominated. You know, like, let me give her another pick. And then or, why don't we? I want more of her. I right, want more of her stuff. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's. The the unfortunate thing about the time that we live in, where we can get literally anything almost immediately, we can get food delivered to us from on our phones, like to any place on my watch. Yeah, like there there's so many different options for how we can get things immediately, and people want it right away. And sometimes it takes a long time for these institutions to like turn around. It's like trying to turn around a cruise ship; like Mm -hmm. it just takes a while. And I think that in a couple. Again, it's going to sound like a long time, but by this time, a decade from now, we're going to be seeing a very different look at on what the nominees for Oscars look like because older voters are going to go away. They're going to die. They're going to retire. They're going to do whatever. Younger people are going to be coming in. Uh, Younger people are going to be the heads of studios and stuff like that. Or there'll be less studios. (laughs) I mean that too. There's still going to be a demand for content, so there's going to be more chances for people who used to be on the periphery to come in Mm -hmm. even if it's on like a netflix or an amazon or something like that and it it, i it just it sounds depressing i know but it it just takes time sometimes yeah i I can tell you it's coming it's the wave is here so i wanted to make two points before we get out and move on number one the thing that made me happiest about this list is that someone there was one film nominated for cinematography and nothing else it was the possibly the worst film i saw this year even <laughs> though it was visually stunning and i am glad that they left it off of everything except for cinematography because you know what that is where it belongs the lighthouse 
And I know that you were a much bigger fan of that movie than I was, but I just was like dreading that maybe somebody would be like, you know, you know what? No, this deserves an award. Best picture. Absolutely. I, I, I your mind. you know, I think the, uh, <laughs> the thing I enjoyed about the lighthouse was it was a, it was kind of like a Rorschach test of a film. It's whatever you want it to be. And that can be fun. It can be fine. But I think what, what hurt it with, Oscar voters it's on terrible. like a on a bigger level is that it doesn't really have anything that holds it all together, you know? <laughs> yes. Like it's really fun to watch Robert Pattinson and uh uh fuck, god damn it. Uh Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe mm-hmm. who he was not nominated, right? No, he was not nominated. No, that would have been fun though. Yeah. Um he No nominations he put for this a, movie. He put on a show. Um yeah, I mean like, you know, it it, it it's Again, it's I watched it and I was just like, yeah, this is not an Oscar. It's not good enough to be an Oscar movie. It just doesn't have that. It just doesn't feel like it doesn't carry the vest of the Oscar nominee, you know? But it did feel like that's what they were going for. They were going for this like high-minded I think artistic. they're trying to win an indie spirit. I think Maybe that's so. what they're... <laughs> well, and the other thing I'm thinking is there's a lot of work to do between now and February because... I have not seen one, two, three, four, four of these best pictures. Really? Um, yeah, I haven't seen Ford versus Ferrari. I haven't seen Little Women. Have not seen all of the Marriage Story. I just, I just started Marriage Story, and we haven't seen 1917. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, Little Women uh, just came out too, which I also think kind of like much like uh, we were talking. We started this by talking about us being yeah. so early. I think Little Women being so close to the end. Uh, didn't give anybody an opportunity to go see it before, like awards started voting. I know that it didn't really get anything in the Golden Globes. I think because so few people yeah. have seen it, like you know, and that kind of became a discussion for a little while of like, what does this mean for its Oscar chances? Because well, nobody's seen it, so yeah. nothing. That's it. <laughs> uh, and I also do want to. I want to go see uh, Richard Jewell as well. There's a nomination uh, again for Kathy Bates from that. Um, and uh, Judy. Judy and Harriet. Uh, I haven't seen either of those either. I think Harriet's going to be on Amazon. Well, there you go. So that would be thought, a lot easier. I thought so. Judy may be impossible to see. Because I remember we tried to go see it. And every time we tried to go look, it was just out of a theater and then out of a theater and then moving and moving and moving. And it may not be able to well, see Well, you know, uh, and th- this is the other part of the the uh, my point that we will eventually get to whatever place you want us to be in terms of diversity. But it will take a little bit of time. One of the great things that hits studios over the head with the idea that we need more of it is when you can't get a seat to see Little Women for like three weeks yeah. because everyone wants to go see it. Then the studios start going like, oh, we need more women content. Like, And we, we have tried now for two consecutive weekends. We actually did get tickets this time. No, wait. Were we, go- we were going to Little Women. We were going to something else, right? Couldn't get tickets to Little Women. Going in, to Uncut Gems. In four theaters in Los Angeles, we could not get a a reasonably timed yeah for uh 6 p.m or 7 p.m uh or early 8 p.m start time couldn't get a seat so congratulations guys you're doing a good job uh we'll we'll talk more oscars as we get closer yeah. and sort of like pick winners and stuff we got to sort of work our way through the list a little bit here and see if we can see more of these movies quickly um, quickly though one other for your consideration piece yes mgm news yeah so uh there's been a lot of uh chatter about uh whether or not MGM might be for sale, the uh, studio and the actual like physical lot kind of thing. Um, and I saw some information this week that made me think that we are definitely in the end days for MGM. 
uh, they have decided to sell two of the casino properties in uh, in Las Vegas, uh, the Mandalay Bay and the MGM Grand, for like $4 billion. And over the last year or two, they've sold like $8 billion worth of casinos yeah. around and- the world. And it's like... It's start. It's starting to look a lot like they're divesting of certain properties where they can make some money before they go forward with the sale of something that will be sent to another. Because you're basically buying MGM for the catalog at this point, mm-hmm. so you can add whatever they have, all the James Bond content to your streaming service. Right. Yeah. So if Disney bought MGM, just as an example, because you know Disney buys everything, uh, <laughs> then you know, like you, Disney doesn't want anything to do with the casinos. They just want. They just want the content. So if you can sort of sell the casino interests away to say Caesars, yeah, or whoever, who yeah, it just, it just makes it easier for them to uh, go forward with that. So yeah, and uh, I was gonna say that I think MGM and um, what was the other one? Mandalay Bay. Mandalay Bay are the last two that MGM owns. Yeah, in Las Vegas, uh, and more to your point. Uh, they had their best year ever last year. They hosted a boxing or UFC event every single month and. They, it looks like they were just running up the valuation and now mm. sell off the property when it looks like it's the most profitable. So, I don't know. Um, well, one, uh, it is one of the oldest film studios that is still around. Yeah. I mean, MGM was used in the same breath as RKO, and none of you know what RKO is likely. Um, I mean, the one of the names, the namesake of the whole thing, Louis B. Mayer. Yeah. Who is the second M in MGM? Uh, is you know a legendary figure who has hands all throughout the history of Hollywood. Yeah, uh, Metro Goldwyn Mayer and uh, Metro Pictures and Goldwyn Pictures were both people who moved from New Jersey. When, by the way, Hollywood was in New Jersey. Yeah, and came out here, and then Louis Mayer got into the movie business uh, for after coming out here for something else. And well, they, they were trying to avoid uh, Edison. Edison, yeah, in Jersey. So, but uh, that's—I mean—they've been around since Hollywood was Hollywood, and I don't know if anyone else. I mean, the Warner Brothers came after them, but they were around the same time as RKO. Mm-hmm. But they have like studio complex that's been here as long as there's been studios in LA, and there's a chance that that's going to be up for sale to someone. And then you're looking at Netflix or Apple or someone who doesn't have physical space. Yeah. Who might want to jump on that and say, hey, I, this is our chance to get into the studio business. We, we get the property. Yes, that's great. James Bond on Netflix. James Bond on Apple Plus. Right. Uh, and even Disney. Disney has a, uh, ABC Studios, but it's not the same. Um, th- it's not the same kind of space. It's not yeah. the same. Uh, I mean, m- a lot of ABC shows are actually shot on the WB lot in Burbank or on the MGM lot. Um, yeah, Disney doesn't actually have a huge footprint. Yeah, as far as like a studio space goes. But. So it might be. I mean, and then Warner's talking about buying this whole. They're going to sell the ranch and they're going to build this huge iceberg on the one thirty four. Uh, so that'll be fun. Gary's getting involved in that. But again, uh, more of that later when it actually happens. It, it's just sort of like sometimes you can see the chess move, uh, chess pieces moving on the board, and you're yes. just like, oh, this is about to happen, and it feels like an appropriate time to tell everyone. So. Yeah. Um, moving on to impeachment news. Yes. Uh, Nancy Pelosi has finally signed over documents and, uh, we are now going to have the impeachment heads of the Senate. Mm-hmm. There is, uh, we're going to start next week with, uh, swearing in John Roberts and sort of figuring out the rules of this whole thing. 
uh, there's going to be opening statements, and they decided the House managers and stuff like that. I think Trump's still figuring out his legal team for that side. Mm. Um, but he may be figuring that out all the way through because people may start <laughs> quitting as trying he, to figure out whether or not Dershowitz is available. <laughs> um, uh. But yes, uh, I I, uh, I I bring this up uh, for no particular reason, but I I think that uh, if uh, Lev Parnas's uh, appearance on Maddow is any kind of a, uh, a precursor. If we start calling up certain people, we're going to be getting receipts that I don't think the Republicans necessarily wanted. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is making me wonder whether it, it's going to be really interesting to see the vote on witnesses because it, I, I couldn't imagine uh, not being a Republican who doesn't want to hear a little bit more about this before you like tie your whole fate to Trump in this <laughs> Yeah, this whole situation. See, here's the thing. Uh, rats are great because they do your dirty work. They do a lot of dirty work and they don't complain. But the problem is when the ship starts going down, they also start to flee. Yeah. And Lev Parnas is one that saw the ship going down and then just started throwing everyone overboard that he absolutely <laughs> could to save himself. Um, and the best part of that news was every time someone said, I don't know who that is, I've never met him, I would not know who he was, and yeah. then a picture appears of yeah. you guys together. <laughs> the one with Kellyanne was particularly good, where she's like, I've never heard of this person, I don't know who he is, mm. I've never met him, and then within minutes on Twitter. Just <laughs> like, pictures appear. Two of them smiling together. Yeah, yeah. Having and margaritas at Disneyland. Say, <laughs> not not at like a receiving line, where clearly it was just like shaking the hands of anyone. Like any private event where they're clearly being friendly and just like, oh, Kelly, oh, Lev. <laughs> it's, I, it is a thing. I don't know. I, I mm. just I can't believe uh, so many people have taken this death pact <laughs> with this man. And it, it, the, the same thing, it, the, the constant for me is the people who support Trump. And I'm just like. I, I, I've been seeing so much like shit about like Nancy Pelosi this week of like, you know, like you want to talk about on American look at Nancy Pelosi. And I'm not saying that Nancy Pelosi is like God or anything like that. Uh, she's very flawed, but uh, this is not, this just doesn't feel like the argument to be hitching your whole like political philosophy. I just don't get it. Like, I, I don't understand. Like if you read like one thing that Trump has been doing, it just doesn't seem like it's going to end up well, you know, like <laughs> I don't understand. And again, it's OK. So um, did you watch Messiah on Netflix? Not yet. OK. It's I very know you good. told me about it. But. Yeah. Very good. And everybody should watch that as well. But one of the uh, things they say is like there's somebody who is a, a doubter, if you will, but gets in a room with him. And then we don't see what happens, but they come out and they're just like, uh, I'm, I'm done. I got to I got to go <laughs> home. And you see the look in their face where it's like, I'm a believer now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have an inkling that Trump must be like that, that we see him on TV. We see him all through all of this. And we're just like, this guy's an idiot. But if he gets you in a room one on one that you must just be like, oh, my God, this I guy. Don't, I don't even think it's that. I just think that there's a lot of people who think that they know a lot about politics because they spend a lot of time on Facebook and see content, which like. You know, just sort of le like, uh, you know, like if, if you see nothing but uh, NFL memes, right? Oh, yeah. And yeah. you're just like, oh, Cowboys are really terrible. It's like, well, I mean, the Cowboys occasionally make it to the playoffs and yeah. win a lot of games. And they're not really as terrible as like the meme culture of 
NFL fans would like you to believe. Yeah. Uh, mostly it's just a hatred of the team. Uh, and that's sort of the same thing that's going on here with like these memes on Facebook and stuff like that. Only so many of them that I see are just so inaccurate and so like completely lost of any kind of like realistic ground and what's happening. You get in that echo chamber and you're just being fed the thing you want to believe and you don't see anything else. So it must be true. Well, and you don't want to double check anything like, yeah. you know, like I, I'm sure I could get a meme going where it's just like, you know, Nancy Pelosi is a lizard person, you know, like and it can go around and there's going to be people who think it. But it's pretty easy to determine that, you know, she's just a normal alien, not a lizard. person. <laughs> <laughs> just because she looks like that doesn't make we don't need alien, to. All right. <laughs> we don't need to. We don't need to go through all the steps. <laughs> but yeah, I. I it's the only thing that makes sense. You don't need to assassinate her character. <laughs> it's the only thing that makes sense to me because it is so. It, why? Why would you sink your entire? I, yes, there's a lot of old guys. They've lived their lives. They've had their pol- political careers, and they don't maybe don't care. Yeah, there are some like Devin Nunez could have another twenty years in politics, and he's just like, nope. I am throwing my anchor onto this particular ship. And when we all go down, we all go down. I, you know, I, don't, I just don't get it. Uh, the thing is that the <laughs> imagine you went out and uh, had a had a date with some other woman, right? Like you were you were cheating, right? I would never do that. Well, I'm just yeah, a hypothetical. Just, hypothetically saying, yes, hypothetically. obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you went out to some bar and you were drinking Angry Orchards all night, right? Okay. Uh, that's the that's that's what happened. Uh, and then you get cornered, and it's just like. Uh, what were you doing last night? No, I, I was at the movies with Corey. And it's like, well, I saw Corey on set. Hmm. Well, it was after. He was off set. Yes. It was afterwards. It's just like, oh, yeah? Enjoy any Angry Orchards last night? Now you feel like you're getting caught a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. all these people are just like, I'm getting caught. I should dig deeper into my lie because there's no way she has more information than she currently does. Now, see, to be it's fair. like the Republicans keep getting like these like. You know, like little tiny bits of evidence that, like, we know the, the people know that they're onto them, but then, like, go like, what? What angry orchards? <laughs> I never, not me. Fuck yeah. you. Here's the problem. You're the one who was drinking angry orchards. My natural inclination is to go deeper into the lie at that point. <laughs> As you said that, I started my mind started spinning like, well, yeah, I went to the bar. I was there with some <laughs> friends ahead of time, but I met Corey after that. Right? Yeah. He was on set after he. But was I'm on saying, set like, if, it, if something specific came out like that, it's not like it's being brought up for just some random purpose. It's just like you have inside information. The jig is up. You're gonna be caught, but you continue I, to like dig into the lie. I believe that I could talk my way out of anything, <laughs> and I think that here's the thing. I, I think s- that's what McConnell thinks too. I yes. think he could just. <laughs> I have said this about. I lie to my wife on the regular. I have said this about people in my regular life, and I stand by it. It is a problem when you think you are the smartest guy in the room, and you're not. Yeah. That is a huge problem. And the my problem is that I always assume I'm the smartest guy in the room, and sometimes I'm not. And I always think I could talk my way out of it. And sometimes I can. And sometimes... People just want to believe the lie. That's a big yeah. deal with the, what happens on Twitter. People just want to believe that it's not as bad as it seems. But the fact is, sometimes it is. And right now, it seems like it really, really is. Yeah. But people are still saying, nope, I'm going to dig deeper on this lie and just let it ride. So, <laughs> Well, it, it's funny because uh, Devin Nunes also got caught up in the lie a little bit because uh, when there were uh, his phone number showed up on Lev Parnas's uh, phone list. <laughs> Uh, people were just like, oh, 
So you've been in contact with Lev Parnas. And he's like, no, I've never. I don't know what you're talking about. Fuck you. I'm going to sue you all. I'm going to sue CNN. And then this week, just casually on Fox News, he drops like, oh, it turns out I did actually talk to him, but yeah. I didn't know who he was. And he just called my cell phone. I'm like, who's this? And he's just like, How'd you get this I, got, I got important things to tell you about, about some illegal shit. And he's just like, you got to talk to my staff about illegal shit. I don't handle that. I got an illegal shit department. Yeah. I got a whole two staff. I got HR. That. I got illegal shit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <sighs> yes. This this whole Lev Partis thing, by the way, I know he's not the most reliable witness. Uh, Which is going to be a big issue with some of the witnesses. That, yeah. Like, I mean, like they're now convicted felons. Yeah. Uh, thank God Bolton isn't <laughs> accused of any crime uh, because that one's going to be interesting. Well, I mean, War crimes, yes, but not any like <laughs> not, crimes, not American crime. crimes, yeah, <laughs> not crimes by worried by anybody here. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, he's not a very reliable witness, but uh, the things that he's saying uh, sound very. They sound uh, true enough that I want to have further comment. <laughs> I would like to have uh, somebody from the Trump administration. Uh, acknowledge some of these things and uh, discuss them a little bit because uh, it's a little fishy. That's just that's just me. Well, listen, the administration of the elected government of this country owes you no explanation, <laughs> voter, of the thing that they do. All right, you voted for them four years from now, which is you know this year. You're gonna have to choose again, and we prefer if you just choose blindly. No <laughs> facts, no decisions. Make a gut decision, a gut choice, and go with it. That's I don't. It. I don't vote Republican or Democrat. I just write Jesus's name in. Those are Republican votes. We, we count, count those as a Republican. This <laughs> <laughs> has been the longest week ever. It's Wednesday, Lemon. Uh, Jack Donaghy is my spirit animal, just so you know. Uh, anyway, so uh, was there anything else about the uh, Trump? No, I think that's about it. The, the problem with this week is that so much happened, but that it's also waiting for things to develop a little more. It's a Oscars huge. It's a huge week of... Here's all these things that happened. Now let's wait and see what happens. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, we don't, it, the, the Super Bowl isn't being played tonight, so we can't discuss the game. It's, mm-hmm. We got a little bit of time here. Uh, you know, baseball sort of took over with its uh, nonsense. And then, you know, the. But the baseball thing's not done yet because the Red Sox thing is coming. Yep. Uh, Oscars got nominations, but we got a little time before that comes up. Um, and the impeachment trial is probably going to take like weeks and weeks months it was like six weeks months. for the the clinton trial right uh well yeah but see the other thing is yes they say they're going to start like raffling it to a vote or raffling it to a to order they said that for maybe four months by the clinton trial i was like nope we are starting on tuesday yeah and then four months later they finally actually well, brought it to order. so something that's going to be upsetting i think for people who've never followed an impeachment trial before is that not a lot of it happens in public yeah there's yeah there's moments that happen in public and then there's a lot of things that happen like in closed session. Uh, and for, there might be like a week or two where there's nothing to discuss on any of these cable news shows, but yeah. you know, God knows they'll find something. The, the PB video will definitely be in private. <laughs> just so you know, uh, speaking of, uh, things that smell like urine, I think it's time to take a trip on down to the Baltimore corner where you get the straight dope. That might be my ba- ba- best transition. yet. <laughs> So, uh, not to be outdone, Baltimore had its own bit of terrible election news this week. I, I guess it's not really terrible. It's it's take with a grain of salt, but uh, maybe doesn't bode well. But the very first mayor's poll, yep, 
was released this week. I think you have the results there, don't you? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, this has a margin of error of six percent. So uh, pretty high. Yeah. So take it for what it's worth. I mean, like everybody here in this discussion, basically, if you added six points, their total would be a leader in the running. So you know, like there's there's a lot to uh, still sort out here. But uh, through is up at the top, eighteen point two percent. Brandon Scott, 17.9. Sheila Dixon, 15.7. Jack Young, 15. TJ Smith, 11. Washington, 7.8. And someone else slash undecided is 14.4. So uh, here's what I'm going to say. Can we undecided is good enough for uh, fifth place right now. So there's a lot of can we just elect someone else can we just all write someone else on the just ballot a, like a black silhouette of a person on a poster and just like someone else for mayor just if we if someone else takes first place i just like I think it's just a revote and nobody gets to run again. i feel like maybe we should uh i used to to laugh when i heard about some like small country town with four people that had, like elected a dog as mayor yeah yeah and then it's just like aha that's funny these little bumpkins i'm like maybe the dog for mayor isn't such a bad idea Here's a question. At least I don't have to worry about corruption charges with a dog. Would a dog do a worse job? Probably not. And we don't have to worry about corruption. I'm thinking maybe this is the solution. Is there a friendly neighborhood dog somewhere in Baltimore we could elect? Or at least nominate? I don't know. Spike found guilty of taking too many milk bones. No, not Spike. There's something about this city. I don't know what it is. Uh, but... Um, Good news, it's bad like news. the exorcist that turns people bad. Good news, bad news about this. Bad news, uh, Jack <laughs> Young and Sheila Dixon, who have probably the best name recognition, yeah. not doing very well um, right. comparatively. Third and fourth currently. Yeah. Uh, good news, Sheila Dixon not doing very well. <laughs> Thank God, because the last thing we need is to have her running again and becoming mayor. Now, I more, also like the T.J. Smith not doing well. Yes. I, yeah. I mean, to be honest, though, really, the more and more I look at this list of people, I, I start getting like depressed again. Like, who? Saying, like, who? Who do you pick? Who would I vote for? I guess Brandon Scott would be my vote if I were voting today. It's a murderer's role. Uh, but it just feels like <sighs> Brandon Scott feels like that empty Democratic like wants to be mayor or wants to be governor one day like so i'm gonna work my way up the system or i could be mayor so i could be congressman so i could be senator so i could run for something you know like he just feels like can we just call him a carcetti just a carcetti <laughs> hopelessly hopelessly looking for the next job yeah and those people have not done well in baltimore yeah and then we have the guy who ran for state's attorney solely to keep the guy out of office who would set free hold on we don't know that for sure we just know that every single bit of the evidence points to that yeah as a reminder Theru <laughs> ran for uh state's attorney um against marilyn Mo mosby <laughs> and ivan bates Theru is staying on as the attorney for the state against um adnan sayed so ivan says if i become state's attorney i'm dropping the case i'm gonna let him go free yeah and the guy who's prosecuting him on appeal jumps into the race for the seat and just takes away enough votes that Marilyn Mosby gets to keep her seat. Yeah. And then there is somewhat unseemly contact between the two campaign between Mosby and Theroux's campaign and then nothing. And yeah. now he's running for mayor. Just it smells a lot and it's not <laughs> just the Inner Harbor this time. I think <laughs> it's something more political. And now he's leading again with a huge margin of error. A, a statistical margin of error you want to see is somewhere between 1.2 and 2%. So 6% is really big. But 
God, I hope not. Dan yeah, Peter I, becomes mayor. Jesus. I I would be uh I'd be curious to hear a little bit more about how this poll was figured out because that could change a lot of things yeah. too. I mean, yeah. if it was like a online. Uh, uh, no, if it, it, you know, sometimes they call saying like, "Who do you think you're going to vote for for mayor?" And you have to pick a name. Mm, and if you're yeah. picking a name, then somebody who has a lot of billboards up around town, or you know, somebody who name who you know is more likely to jump to the top of that list. Right. Uh, if they read off a list of names, then uh, perhaps that uh, works as you know, like that that uh, helps all the candidates as opposed to picking a name, but. We don't know how this how this all went together. So yeah, and Theru is pulling a big uh, Mike Bloomberg, where it seems like he's spending money on billboards and TV ads to just, get name recognition. I just so. don't get why you would want to be this person. Like you know, like uh, despite it being wrong, I sort of decided a long time ago, like a life of crime wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't gonna be good, like having to like constantly be on the lam. And like, you know, like robbing people to to make ends meet. So I didn't go that way, you know? Yeah. Uh, Through definitely feels like he's just like all right with being the villain. Like, yeah, yeah. Kinda. <laughs> like, what does everyone hate? I'll do that. <laughs> he's like the Tulsi Gabbard of Baltimore Democrats. I Honestly, he kind of <laughs> is. He just I will do whatever. Uh, what is the crappy job that we just need to have somebody, um, you know, evil to do? I'll be <laughs> evil. That's fine. Let's do that. Ugh. But you know, I, I don't through Maleficent Vignaraja. I don't want to end on a bad note. So I think the way that we can end the show and the Baltimore Corner segment is to talk about my favorite story of the week. A really uplifting story. <laughs> and you know, a few weeks ago I said, at what point and we I really want to do the math, at what point does Baltimore in twenty twenty surpass the violence rates of Detroit in theoretical uh twenty two thousand, two thousand five, where they went to the RoboCop program. Mm -hmm. And I thought about that this week again because one of the things that happens in the very beginning of the RoboCop movie is that the police, while trying to make several arrests, basically get mob attacked by by the citizens. Yeah. And that happened in Baltimore this week. Yeah. (laughs) I, uh, (laughs) you know, uh, Harrison came out uh, afterwards and he had a press conference where he's like this is despicable and terrible and blah 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 I get it uh, and generally speaking I would say that uh, attacking a police officer in this kind of situation uh, is not the way to go uh, mm. but I will also say this the Baltimore Police Department has lost any chance it has of regaining public trust Yeah, yeah. and once you get to that point the the respect for the law, which comes with don't just viciously beat the shit out of them is like kind of out the way. Like, you know, like when they don't care about viciously beating the shit out of the criminals or the suspected criminals, then why should the suspected criminals give a shit about the not beating the shit out of that? I mean, that's sort of like what seemed to sort of happen. No, did did you read the story? Someone else called and did a, a business check because there were suspicious people in a business. The business owner confronted the police when they came in and said, we don't want you here. We are part of this community and you do nothing but damage here. The police then tried to arrest one of the business owners mm-hmm. because they were being so confrontational. And the neighborhood started to beat the police officer, which, by the way, again, yeah, don't be violent towards police officers. Just doing the job. Uh, but... Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> maybe a little bit of justice was finally meted out. Like you went there, you had no business being there. You were told everything was fine and you continue to poke your nose in it. And then the citizens just said, no, I'm, we're done with this and came back at you. Maybe again, my feel good story of the week <laughs> for a reason. I, I just think that, uh, it, it's, a. Uh... It's not great that we've gotten to this situation, but the the people to blame are the people on the blue side of this argument. Yeah, because I, you know, honest to God, I'm I'm kind of shocked that it, this hasn't happened earlier than this. Because, uh, uh, you know, like, and and I I get where the the police are coming from when they're saying like, you know, the lawlessness of people just generally is out of control in Baltimore. I get it that. You know, there there's sort of been more of an open season to be criminal in Baltimore, mm-hmm. uh, but every single reason why that has happened was as some way, shape, or form a domino that fell from a police action that happened before it. Yeah, you know, like I think we could tie pretty much where we are right now to the way that police had acted leading up to Freddie Gray and that sort of being a breaking point, and now. Uh, after Freddie Gray happened and the murder rate just exploded and people realized that they're not going to go to jail for murder, it's just like, well, why the fuck should we believe or trust the police at all? Mm -hmm. And people, even pre-Freddie Gray, where it was just like, what is the point of me going to court and testifying against some drug dealer on my street who's going to kill me if I testify? Because he's going to get off. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to protect me. Like, there's no benefit for me to do this. It's not like... There, even the the idea that you went and did something right is not enough to save you in this situation. And you know, like I, I just like I, I feel for the guy who got his ass beat because I don't want people to just generally get their ass beat. You know, like I, I would like to live in a society where we don't need to be uh, violent with one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the police have certainly put the violence out there. And the fact that they are now met with the violence is not surprising to me. It's more that this happened. This hasn't happened more or more frequently. And, and I imagine it will be because there's a lot of attention being brought on this moment. Yeah. And as I was going to say, it's likely to happen again. Uh, yeah. And on that happy note, <laughs> this has been the Baltimore Quarter. <laughs> Where you get the straight dope. <laughs> oh, my. What a happy show today yeah, was. We oh, had, Lord. You know. I, I just like to say it was so jam-packed we didn't even get a chance to talk any of this uh, royal nonsense. Not like I would have wanted to talk royal nonsense. Mm, hopefully there's less we can uh, get into it a little more next week because I got yeah. thoughts. I got thoughts and opinions. So Would you give it up? Would you uh, Would you walk away? Uh, I mean, I am a anti-monarchist, so yes. Yes, yeah. I absolutely would. Uh, I say destroy the monarchy. <laughs> Take them all out. I'm looking forward to his first, uh, his Harry's first interview, mm. like after this all thing settles down. We'll see, because uh, that's where I think we'll learn a lot. Mm-hmm. Anywho, uh, if you want more, uh, you know where you can go find us. Where's that? Oh, the anthem dot com. anthem dot com. Oh, the anthem on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the listener line four four three two one nine seven five nine five. What's that number again? Four four three two one nine seven five nine five. You can find more of me on my website CoreyBakerFilmmaker dot com. Um, Facebook.com forward slash Corey Baker Film and at Legends to be five on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, most recent review for Bombshell is up. You can go see that. I would like to go see a movie this week. Uh, questionable when I'll be able to do that with the feature schedule, but mm. hopefully sometime, maybe like uh, I get out early and I go see like a late movie by myself or something. I don't know. Like, we'll, well, I'll figure it out. 
Uh, or a Netflix movie, you know, <laughs> just two, two popes, like, yeah. trying to knock it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, uh, until then, enjoy the bombshell one. Hey, yeah. And uh, speaking of two popes, two popes review is up right now. That's right. I got it done. Uh, you can find more of me at Robert Enchik on all your social networks. Make you ch- sure you check out robertenchik.com where you can find more information on me, including the books, which are available on Amazon. Bye, Rob's books. Thank you, sir. Uh, new uh, episodes of the reviews are up now. Two popes is up uh, currently as we record this. And um, John Wick Parabellum. John Wick Parabellum is up as a like a classic. I just did one. I literally just edited it today. Oh, Star Wars Episode Nine mm-hmm. will be up as of uh, the time that this is live. And I got a spe- another special series coming next week uh, that I might intersperse with other episodes uh, if I see some more movies. Otherwise, it'll be the episodes. But uh, Sean Baker series, the Sean Baker series. Oh, nice. Coming next week. So make sure you check that out. A lot of exciting stuff happening up over there. All right. Well, uh, I think we've done good here today. We've done something. I don't know if it's good, but as always, you're listening to the O the Anthem podcast, part of the O the Anthem digital network. For Corey, this is Rob. Have a great week, everybody. Carly girl going crazy. Uh, producer Carly's are home. Yep. And uh, we're going to go uh, try some blue meth. Yeah. Have a good weekend, everybody. <laughs> not, not really, Federelli's. <laughs> don't come busting down our door. <laughs>